having that patience and accepting it and just like being less precious about it opens the door for all of these other things. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is someone I have known since I was a sophomore in college. We initially bonded over the fact that we were both transfer students taking about 22 credits per semester. I know, I'm really not sure how we managed to do that. Not only is she a talented musician and entrepreneur, but she is also a dear friend of mine. When I moved to LA, she was the first person to lend me a helping hand, and I will forever be grateful to her for showing me the ropes around LA. Here's a bit more about my dear friend Talker. Named for the way people have mispronounced her family's name since, well, forever, Talker is an outspoken grunge pop project fronted by Los Angeles songwriter Celeste Tosher. I may have mispronounced her name there, and if I have, I'm sorry, Celeste. After years playing with electropop band Friendship and playing to crowds like Red Rocks, Amphitheater, and Lollapalooza, it's time for the young powerhouse to take center stage. Talker's latest EP, Wax, is out now and has garnered attention from NPR Music, the AV Club, Buzz Bands LA, and many more. Without further ado, my friend, Talker. Hi, welcome to the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want people to know how we met initially. We met at the University of Miami. We were both the only two transfer students in our program the year that we started. And so we immediately were like, ah, the only other person who understands this weird in-between transition struggle thing. Did you always know you wanted to be a musician when you were younger? Yeah, pretty much. I think... You know, I had the phases that everybody has of, like, wanting to be an astronaut and a vet and whatever. But music was always the through line. And I think, no, I I really did from a young age know that that's what I wanted to do. And it's kind of this funny thing where it's, like, I think one of the, like, stupidest professions you could go into because you just, like, don't make money. (laughs) And it's really hard. And, like, You can make money, but it's like it takes such a long time to get there that you really have to like want it. So I got that going for me, which is good at least. But despite the fact that it's like such a wacky thing to get into, I I've always known that I wanted to do that. And so I definitely always felt like a very strong sense of self and like I really knew like what I what I needed to do to get there and what I like the steps that I was gonna take within my power to get there. Um, I never had any sort of like needing to figure out like what I wanted to do in life, which is like a very real thing that people, you know, struggle with. Cause it's like a huge question that we've been conditioned to feel the need to answer at like 18 years old. Totally. And I think when you grow up or as you're growing up, you start realizing that it's not that big of a question. Like it is a big question, but when you start living it like that reality it's it's just like a part of the journey it's something you have to go through to discover what you want to do and who you are well it's funny like even even with music like there's so many things within music that I never like expected to do or at least never like specifically planned on and I found I think the older I get 
the more that I want to be like saying yes to random things and like kind of just taking every opportunity and just like seeing what the world throws at me. And I do think, you know, not to get like too like uh, COVID woeness, whatever, but I do think that one of the biggest things for me that's been hard in COVID has been that lack of like spontaneity and possibility and, and not knowing what, um, you know, what the next year is going to have in store. And, and I think, you know, everybody's feeling that, but for me specifically, it's just like, um, that is something that I really love and something that I'm trying to embrace more where it's like, you know, I'm, I have my music career and I am working on that and growing that. But at the same time, I'm trying to take all these other opportunities and do all these other things. And I do think that that's something that like, maybe you just have to like live and experience that. But I wish that more people said when you were young, like, you don't need to like, know the thing, because I totally agree with you. Like, it's kind of just figuring out what you want in any given moment. And if you find something and stick to it, great, but you can do like a million things. True. And, you know, one of the questions I ask in every episode is what is your biggest failure? And the reason I ask that is because Sarah Blakely, the owner and founder of Spanx, said it once in an interview that she had. And she basically said that when she was younger, her dad used to ask them every night at the dinner table, what is, what was your biggest failure today? And instead of them being afraid, like her family, of being afraid of failing, they looked forward to telling him what they failed at because they knew that growth was going to come at the other side of that failure. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that you're saying, like you wish that, you know, that was said more to younger kids. Like, don't, you know, like, don't be so afraid of that big question. Don't like, just, just kind of believe in yourself and keep going and realize that no matter what happens, like you will figure it out. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. I think re reconfiguring the, like when you're younger, the, the way that you think, the way that you believe in yourself, the way that you kind of see life is so essential. Whereas if you grow up thinking that you can't do something or that creatives can't make money or that this, that, whatever, you know, has been said, you can just, it, it could be, it could be so um, life-changing for that kid to be totally. like, oh yeah, you can do whatever you want. You want to be a musician? You'll find a way to become a musician that is lucrative and you can do what you love every day. Why not? I feel like we're not meant to like do one thing throughout our lives. You know, it's like we're humans. We're meant to just seeing what we enjoy and doing it. And obviously there's a balance to that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who is like, Oh, I know what I want to do and I'm sticking to it. But I do think that there's like a level of like exploration that is like actually really valuable to just being a human being. And like that, that, I don't know, hopefully we go back to more of that. I kind of feel like we are in ways, maybe in the future, maybe like his generation. From knowing you in college, I feel like you really did bring that, that like confidence with you to college with your classes and your art, like the songs you were putting out, the projects you were involved in with your EPs and your gigs and things like that what what do you what would you say was like the best part about college for you before you kind of ventured on to be 
you know, an artist in LA? I think, you know, for me, just collaboration, collaboration and learning from my peers, you know, I think it's something where I've, you know, we've talked about this before too, like privately as well. It's like, I, I think that I learned a lot in school, but I, and I think that there was value in music school in ways because there was stuff that was like, you know, especially getting a music business degree. It's like, it's helpful to have that knowledge and stuff, but there's a certain element of musical growth. I'm, I'm formulating this sentence in my head. You can teach somebody like musical skills and music business and stuff like that. I think you can't teach somebody how to be an artist. And so I think that I learned so much in that way, but what really shaped me and like helped me continue to grow towards the artist that I am now was just collaborating and like the genuine relationships and, and creativity that I had with everybody. I think that was like way more valuable than anything else I learned. I mean, everything I learned was valuable. Sure. But I think that's like what actually really stuck with me. Yeah. And so taking that, experience with you to LA what was it like finally being like okay I'm out of college and now I get to focus 100% on my art because you're from Sacramento yeah it definitely was closer I had grown up going to LA you know every so often but there is like this like NorCal SoCal thing and I really like hated LA growing up and I didn't want to move to LA and I when I was living in Miami, I was like, oh, maybe I'll move to New York. Like, you know, I haven't tried New York yet and I hate LA. So there you go. And then it's like, you kind of realize that you can't get to know any place by just like visiting it on occasion with your family. Like, I love LA. I love living here. It's great. Um, and also like, I hated living in New York when I was there for a summer. And then I'm like, okay, but I was there for a summer. I never really like lived there and properly experienced it and I think you make a life anywhere um so it definitely felt very foreign to me uh even though I was more familiar with it than like other places I could go to um but I mean it definitely it felt I had like a major I had like major sob fests all the time when I first moved here (laughs) My my friend uh, my friend Julian who you've met uh, he was like my first roommate in LA and we didn't really know each other and like the day that my parents left after helping me move I had like a huge sob fest and he was just like oh. and he was like you know like we all have these like everybody's got to have their sob fest when they move to LA we do but it's true LA LA that you need that in order to be kind of like inaugurated into LA yeah it doesn't count if you don't do that but um yeah it's funny man I think everybody I mean I think this is just like human nature that you're constantly growing and evolving and changing I'm such a different person than I was when I moved to LA and when I moved to LA I was a completely different person than when I moved to Miami and you know I think that's that would be my hope you know to to keep changing and evolving and growing but I was ready but I was also like very unprepared if that makes sense I think that there's just like nothing you could possibly do to ex like you don't know what to expect no matter what which is a good thing in a lot of ways it's exciting um it's that spontaneity you know, but I definitely was like, I was ready to get out of Miami though. 
like the first few months you were in LA is when you got the friendship gig, right? How was that? Yeah, so I definitely was like, I'm in LA, here I am, and I'm just going to immediately start doing stuff because that's why I'm here. And I'm, I'm glad that I immediately like jumped into stuff because exactly like it gave me the opportunities. So I started going to just like a bunch of different events. I went to a bunch of ASCAP events, which are like the, it's like a performing rights organization for anyone who doesn't know. They basically like collect songwriter royalties and help songwriters meet. And I went to one of their events and I met my now very good friend, Dan Satan, who um, he was living with them and playing with them in the band at the time. And um, he and I met up at this random networking event, wrote together, hit it off. And then it was like at that same time, Friendship Song Capsize was taking off and like blowing up on Spotify and all this stuff, they started getting all these deals, agents, management, label, everything, just kind of off this song. And they started, they had a tour coming up and the song features a female vocalist on the lead vocals. And then they also wanted somebody who could play keys. So they called me up and I auditioned and got the gig and it like totally changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, I remember w going to see you in Fort Lauderdale yeah. at one of the first gigs that – or first shows that you were on the tour. Yeah, but, you know, like, for people that don't know you, like, knowing you as, as your friend, I have to say I think you have always been that kind of person, like, even in school, that you always put music first in the sense of, like, you were always going to events, you were always meeting people, you were networking, you made it a priority to really, like, make it a business, like, a career. I think, well, that's one of the reasons I admire you, of course, but I think it's, like, a really cool thing to carry into a big city like LA because I've talked about this with a bunch of people that have been on the podcast that are musicians. Networking and building friendships first and foremost is, like, the most important thing you can do for your career, your collaborations, your music, your yeah. art. It's the way to really get to know who you are as a musician and who you work well with. So I feel like that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that really prepared you for the audition process, for being on tour with a whole new set of people, a new team, a new way of looking at the industry because it was the first time you were on tour essentially with like a bigger band. Totally, totally. And like, yeah, I didn't really know them that well when we started. Like, you know, we had like two weeks of rehearsals or something like that, but it's like, you know, everybody had like years long friendships going for them. And I just was like, Hey, I just like dropped in here, you know, like, <laughs> In theory, I could have, you know, it could have not been a great match and I could have left after that tour. Touring right away forced me to grow up really fast or like in a, in a I should say not grow up, but grow like in a particular direction really fast. And I um, just had to like adapt and like figure out that lifestyle really quickly. And yeah, it was like me and a bunch of guys that are all like, anywhere from like six to 10 years older than me. And they're all like my best friends now and like my older brothers. But it's kind of funny, like, 
again, with the whole like kind of just following whatever, whatever opportunities come to you, I never expected to be doing that. And then I found this thing that I love, which is like, despite, you know, having my artist career and like building that right now and consistently releasing music and, you know, building my following there, I just love touring. I've like, and I'm sure at some point I'll get sick of it right now. It's like, I miss it a lot. So I'm like, how could I ever get sick of it? But you know, eventually I'm sure I will. But right now I'm kind of in this phase of like, I love touring. I could do it all the time. There's nothing like just like playing shows every night and traveling with your best friends. And, um, I think that I like, yeah, found this thing that I love where it's like, I have my artist project, but I also kind of just want to be touring all the time. And like, playing with my friends' bands and playing with other people and playing with my band. And it kind of opened this whole other world for me that I had to adapt to really quickly. And I think also something that whoever's listening to listening to this should know is that you also didn't stop planning and working on your own creative project yeah. when you were on tour. Like you had those both worlds of being on tour to support this band friendship and, you know, learn as much as you could to then kind of put that to use with your own project and get inspired and be on the road and write. How was that? What was that like doing your project while you were on the road? You know, it's actually, it's a great thing to bring up because it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of perfect because I think that my like my original plan was okay like I'm gonna you know leave school move to LA like release music and like pursue my artist thing and that's that and I'm an artist and that's that I think if I had started releasing music like quickly after moving to LA yes there's the internet but like it only does so much like all of these things are working in conjunction with each other. And like, I didn't know anybody in LA. I didn't have any industry contacts. I also just like hadn't lived outside of college. And it's not like that's not valid life experience either. But it's just different. And I grew and changed so much. And I and I think you, you do grow and change so much when you move to a new place. Like we were saying, the friendship thing was like, a fast track to certain elements of the industry that I wasn't part of before. Um, and so I kind of just focused on that and we were touring a lot at the time. We haven't, they've, they've kind of been in between album cycles recently. So we haven't as much in the last, like, well, <laughs> not counting this year, of course, but like the last kind of year or so leading up, but we were touring a lot for a second there. And so I kind of just took the opportunity to, learn to get my tour legs under me to meet a bunch of people get more connected to like yeah certain corners of the industry that I wasn't before and to just kind of like allow myself to experience that and grow and see how it shaped me you know in that time period I like made my real friends in LA not just like the random people that you meet in the beginning you know it's like I made my real friends I moved into a new place and like kind of like figured out this whole new life. I like went through a breakup because I was like this, I've just changed as a person, like all of these things where they're like so important to growth. And so I think that I kind of allowed myself to just like experience this like kind of whirlwind time of growth and being with this new life. And it really allowed me to figure out exactly who I was when I decided to start releasing music. So I didn't put out my first single as Talker until like two and a half years after I moved to LA. 
Isn't that crazy how our plans usually don't work out the way that we want them to, but then they end up being the opportunity that we need to grow the most, to, to just be, become the person that you are meant to become. Because imagine if you had just been like, no, I can't go on tour because I have this plan of releasing music. You would have missed this whole opportunity of being on the road, learning more about yourself, you know, going through a heartbreak that potentially, you know, maybe helped you write songs and do these other things. And so I think it's one of the most beautiful things an artist can go through is that like shift in planning, like, no, I, it didn't work out, but it's fine. Just go with the current, go with what's right in front of you, whatever's presented to you, take it because that's the opportunity that could potentially take you to the next level. It's funny. Cause I, uh, you know, I was thinking of not doing it when I first got the opportunity to audition and, and, you know, they wanted to, to like hang out and, and see if we were the right fit and stuff. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I, you know, I came here to do my project and it's so early. I barely even had time to really be in LA. But yeah, I mean, it would have been like the stupidest thing in the world to not, like, I cannot imagine. I mean, everything, like my whole trajectory of my life has, you know, everything shapes everything. And so really essential. I, th- I think that there's a balance where like, there is something where you don't, as a musician, you don't want to get too pigeonholed into being like a session player or a touring player like that does exist and so there is like a fine line to walk like if you're touring 24 7 like all year with other artists you don't have time to work on your own music like even aside from being pigeonholed it's like you don't necessarily have the time so there's a balance for sure but the more that I'm in it and especially now where I'm like I feel like anything goes yeah. at this point it's like if you're consistently creating and you're just in it you're playing with others but not in like a I'm the touring gal kind of way you're just like playing with others making your music going to shows like just doing all of it it's like I'm not interested in hearing the art of someone who doesn't have any experiences I'm interested in somebody just being true to themselves, doing what they want, doing what feels right to them and releasing that music. And I think if it's good music and you're like putting in that work and meeting people and just doing everything you can, like it's going to find its track. So many artists that I love are people who have played in like a million bands and just kind of like floated and done their, just kind of done what felt right to them in the moment, you know, and that's why their music sounds authentic. How do you feel now with the projects that you're working in, working on now? Because I know like ever since last year, you've been releasing constantly from what I've seen. So how has that been with, with what you're working on now and for the future? It's funny you say I've been releasing constantly because I have had like so many existential crises this year of like, oh my God, I'm irrelevant. I put out my EP in March. But you know what? It's the same thing you were saying. It's like you stay true to yourself, though. Even if you had those crises, like it's fine. You did it. You released it. And I, you know, like from the people outside, we're just seeing like she's releasing new stuff. And it's all such so good that it's like it's just an accomplishment to be able to put things out, even if you're going through a crisis. COVID obviously has like made everybody's plans completely torn up and thrown to the wind. I think that I was pretty consistently like releasing stuff. My plan originally, which as as we've discussed in this episode, 
you just can't expect any plans to actually work out. But my plan was to spend a lot of this year touring. I had like five showcases lined up at South by I was gonna do like some West Coast and Midwest touring after that try I was I had some support slots in LA lined up that were gonna be really cool and like yes that's all great I'm trying to not be like when it didn't happen because you gotta adapt but that was kind of the plan and so I didn't have like new music ready to release right away after my EP so now I'm kind of in the thing it's like, you know, a couple months into COVID and I'm like, okay, I put out a record in March. It's people like it, but like, I can't tour it. I don't have any music ready. I can't go into the studio. I'm doing Zoom writing sessions, but I haven't really like found anything I like and everything takes longer now. And so I did have this crisis and I kind of am consistently in it where I'm like, oh my God, like I haven't put anything out in so long. And it's funny because it's only been like nine months, but this whole year is so twisted and weird. And I put out my EP literally like the weekend before the US went into like a lockdown and I slid under the radar a little bit. Like I was able to have a release show. I played at emo night. I had a friendship gig the night before all of this <laughs> played in San Francisco at the Warfield and we drove back the next day and we were hearing all of this stuff and we were like, are we going to have our show tonight? And we didn't, it got canceled. So it was like right up to the wire. So it's definitely, it feels like an entirely different lifetime in which I released that record, even though it was only a few months, like nine months ago. Wow. So it's kind of this weird thing where I'm trying to like, just be really present and look back on the things that I have accomplished because I did end up writing and recording a record this year. Um, Wow. Danny and I quarantined and then I went up to his studio in Ojai and I just stayed with them for two weeks and we did it and everything has been remote since then Um, and we're like filmed two music videos last week for it. I'm really lucky that like my house is a hilarious cast of characters. Fiona, my roommate, her boyfriend is a filmmaker and then We have a good friend who's an incredible DP and he lives in a converted ambulance that's currently parked in our driveway. (laughs) So I have a DP living in my driveway and my roommate's boyfriend is a filmmaker. So we were able to just like knock out some videos that are going to be really sick, even though we had a crew of like three or four people. I love that. So you're basically what you're saying is that you pulled a T-Swift. I, I really did. But yeah, so we had like a whole creative little crew out of like the people who I live with, which is really fun. Um, and yeah, so like I probably won't be releasing stuff until the early spring, I would say like a couple months out. But I think in this day and age, you feel like when you're not releasing music, you're like stalling your career. But the reality of it is that I feel like the music that I have made for this record is like the best thing I've ever done. And I think that it is very me now. It's like similar to stuff before. Like it still sounds like me, but it sounds like an evolution of that. And it does sound different and it it doesn't sound like the same record. And it's just like, you know, I'm not the same person that I was before. And so neither is this music. And um, yeah, I think that COVID forced me to just kind of like take my time with it. And I realized for better or worse, like, yes, I have people who listen to my music, but like time is an illusion. So I'm going to take my time with it. And I think that that is something really valuable that I did, you know, take from this time and, and 
I'm sure we'll continue to. It's like, it's worth it to take the extra time to make stuff great. And I think that in our normal existence, it's really hard to find that time because we just like stack ourselves so much. As a creative, you wear all the hats. And I said this in an episode with Nico Aranda, the one that I did with him, where we were talking about how necessary it is for artists and creatives to sometimes take a break from what you do every day. If you write a song every single day and you genuinely love it, that's amazing. But sometimes you can't and that's okay. And instead of trying to force it, try to give yourself a break. Those breaks can actually be the answer you're looking for. I know for me this year, the same thing happened where it was COVID hit and I stopped music. I was like, okay, music doesn't really speak to me right now. And so I went to something else like podcasting. This project has actually made me more inspired to write music. And I've, I've kind of found new things to write about. And that's just nothing I ever planned. You know, it just kind of happened. I felt really bad, like you said, felt really bad about doing that, about not working on it. Because as artists, we are so hard on ourselves. It ended up being exactly what I needed. You know, it was that opportunity that came that I didn't plan for. Mm-hmm. Is the same thing that you were saying. What do you feel has been your biggest failure in or lesson in your career or your life so far? My biggest lesson has really honestly been patience. I think there have been little failures within that. You know, you put out music and you expect it, not expect it, but you always hope that like something's going to like go viral or like blow up on Spotify or TikTok or whatever people are doing, you know? Um, I don't think that it's a failure when it doesn't happen that way. Because I think most of it is a slow build for every single artist. A lot of artists don't even break till they've had multiple albums out. But I think that the failure is getting down on yourself for that and like obsessing over that instead of the art. And it's kind of, I'm kind of repeating a thing, you know, what I was just saying um as far as like taking the time to make a great record this year and stuff but it's something that I really think has been like yeah I don't think it's a single failure I think it's just been like a big weakness of mine has been like I think that the business side of me and that driven side that you were talking about is a really big asset in a lot of ways I also think something that makes me be like, okay, like, I'm gonna hustle this hustle that if I hustle hard enough, I can get this. And I'm gonna set myself up for success by reaching out to this person, this person, this person, having all of this network lined up, and then I'm gonna release this thing. And it's like, that's all great. At the end of the day, you kind of got to slow down and just like put out great music and just like be a genuine person. I think we really can't control as artists, we can't control what our career looks like. And if you find some people who are well-connected, who are well-funded, who want to help you out, that's awesome. And, like, that can happen. And it's not unlikely to happen even. But, like, you just can't control it. And so I'm trying to be less obsessed with that. I'm trying to still be very business-minded, make a plan set myself up for success in every way that I can, you know, I don't want to just like put something out spontaneously and call it a day. Like, I don't, you know, that's setting myself up, setting myself up for failure. 
I don't know, just being less uptight about it, less obsessed with it, just saying, cool, I have this great record. It's done. Here's my release plan. I'm going to tell people about it. I'm also already going to be working on other stuff and just like doing all these other things at the same time because I want to. That's such a huge thing to accept as a creative, as someone that has done this for many years. That definitely can take, like you said, patience. But I feel like you've done a really good job at it. Like I feel like as your friend, I've seen you grow so much from college to now. And I feel like you're someone that has really taken the opportunity, the thing in front of you and made it flourish, like made it grow, made it work for you and find the benefit in it. And I think that's something very useful in a career and like, especially us being only in our 20s right now. Yeah. That's only going to be more useful down the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I think it's something where it's funny, maybe it's because we've been so not spontaneous all year that I'm on this spontaneity kick. But I think that like, yeah, I don't know, like having that patience and accepting it and just like being less precious about it opens the door for all of these other things. Like maybe you are not getting a Spotify viral hit. Not that that even really exists anymore, but maybe you're not getting that. But then some like random emo band loves it, wants to take you on tour and off you go. You know, it's like, I, I do think that it's um relinquishing that control and very controlling. <laughs> I'm really, I have learned, I think we've all been forced to learn to relinquish control this year. And I, I think that I hope, you know, my hope for myself is that that is something that I carry with me and like don't forget about and put into practice when things eventually return to normal. I think you would agree with me when I say that when you put out material that is from your heart and is something that you truly believe in and you truly love, it will find its place. I think you actually said that early on in the episode, but it really will. It will, sh it will just like find its way to the person that needs to get to or the band that it needs to get to, or the opportunity that it needs to get to. It's, it'll only be a matter of time. But definitely, I feel like working on something you truly love and putting it out no matter what, just because you actually love it and felt good while you were writing it or working on it, it'll, it'll work for itself. You know, you put it out and it'll find a way to kind of come back to you in some kind of like prize, you know, like a little wrapped up reward. What do you feel is your biggest success or win in your life so far or career? Putting together my first tour as talker was like, if I could think of a singular thing, it would be that. It was, it was in 2020, funny enough. Um, it was like January and February of this year. We, me and, and Danny, Dan Saden, his band and, um, our other friend, Maddie Sipes and the Painted Blue, three three bands. We booked a West Coast tour. We promoted it. We sold a lot of tickets. I was like kind of shocked that people came and we managed to book these great venues where people came and we had walk-ins as well and like pretty like well-known venues. We played at like the Crocodile um, in Seattle and um, neck of the woods in San Francisco, which is like a packed show because all of us are from Northern California. Um, 
but it was just fun. And it was so much work because we were like artists, tour manager, band, you know, uh, music, music director, like everything. It was so fun. It was so fun. And it was something where I realized like, and you know, again, on the relinquishing control thing, it's like, I want to grow my project and I want to continue gaining, you know, more fans and a bigger following and be able to play big shows and all this stuff. But I was, I had this moment of like, I could literally be doing this for the rest of my life and be happy because it's just so fun. Great feeling when you like make some money off of a tour. Like we sold a ton of merch and I came out, I mean, I didn't make it, (laughs) didn't make a lot of money, but I did not spend money on that tour, which was a huge win for me. That is such a huge win. And I feel like I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all that it went really well, you know, because like I said, even in college, you were the kind of person that would just make things happen and you really believed in yourself. And I think that also when you pitch yourself with that much belief to an, to a venue, to a person, to a band, the belief is what sells you. And I feel like you for sure did that when you were reaching out to these venues or getting this all together for 2020, even if it did only last those two months. I feel like you'll always remember that and it'll always be a huge win for you. And that's in of itself so successful, especially you're so young and like you were able to do it without really anyone like behind you making you do it. You just did it. You were like, I'm going to just do it for myself because I want to and because I know I can. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think that feeling is something that I'm really holding on to for the future as well. Like, like the first few months of 2020 and the last few months of, of 2019, I was releasing, you know, the singles for Wax, my EP and, and touring and playing shows. And it was like, you know, it was small shows and stuff because it was, you know, only my second EP. I haven't even put out an album yet, all this stuff. But it was like, I was opening for some like larger bands locally in LA. I did the tour. I played emo night as a, as my release show, like all this stuff, like bam, bam, bam. And I was like, I was like, damn, like I'm doing it. Like this is kind of my life right now. Like it's nonstop. And it was this thing where, you know, of course the hope was that I wanted it to continue and to keep touring, whatever. But that was just because I had like been releasing music and like, was putting in the work and putting myself out there. And it's something where I think it's easy to be like, oh, we all lost all this momentum, blah, 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 blah. But everybody's in the same boat. And I'm like, as soon as I'm able to, I'm going to be playing shows again and doing all this stuff. And like, that's going to, that's going to pick up again. I'm just going to be, because there was nobody, like you said, there was no one who was like making that happen. I was just doing it. So I think that that for me is like, something that I'm really holding on to of like, do not forget that. Oh, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm so happy I could have you on this podcast. Yeah. Where can people find you? What's the best way to get in contact with you or listen to your music? Anything you're working on you want to kind of let people know? Yeah, everything I have, like all of my socials, everything is Talker Celeste. So all of my social handles are at Talker Celeste. My website is talkercelest.com. My email is just talkercelest at gmail. So all of the above. Um, gonna put new music out, hopefully pretty soon within the new year, within a few months. And uh, yeah, I'll be posting around all of those places. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much again for being here. I really do appreciate it.
I love you. I'm so happy I can have you on. Yeah, thank you. Here are a few takeaways from Talker's episode. Number one, say yes to random things and take the opportunity when presented to you. Number two, you don't need to know the thing. Just figure out what you want in that given moment. Number three, collaboration and learning from your peers will help you continue to grow into the artist you'll become. Number four, immediately jump into action when you move to a big city. Find events, communities, gigs, etc. Number five, let yourself experience the whirlwind kind of growth. Number six, do everything you can, let go, and it'll find its track. Number seven, your music evolves with you. Number eight, time is an illusion. Take your time with your art. Number nine, don't get down on yourself for things not working out immediately for your career. And number 10, being less precious and more patient about your plans and career opens the door for many more things. In case you guys missed it last week, there's something I'm really excited about for 2021, and it's my newsletter. But I don't really like calling it a newsletter because it's more of a journal, a place where I can share my heart and my soul with you guys. My songs, my music, any thoughts I have, writing tips, songwriting tips, business tips, podcasting. I have so many ideas that I want to share with you guys and I want to have it there with that community. So if you want to be a part of it, let me know. Send me a DM at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez or at the Journey of Pursuit and I'll sign you up. Or you can just click the link below in the show notes and it'll take you where you have to go. Either way, thank you so much for being here. I love you guys so much and I'm so excited to continue growing this community in 2021. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Ciao!